is the Sideline Distant Podcast coming to you from the third greatest state in the U.S. I'm Bradley Whitaker coming to you from SoundCloud, iTunes, YouTube, Facebook. You can follow me on Facebook at the Brad Whitaker. Today is all about the Chicago Cubs. Won their first World Series since 1908 last night. Today is a day that only comes once every 108 years. Now, I remember 12 years ago, I'm a Boston Red Sox fan, and uh, I remember how difficult and tense it was those few days. You know, the Red Sox were down 0-3 to the Yankees, and somehow they came back. Uh, Game 4 came down to extra innings and a late comeback. Game 5 was the same way. Uh, It was, my heart was pounding. It was gut-wrenching. That being said, I can't imagine what Chicago Cubs fans went through last night. I mean, that is what you describe as a life experience. And it's crazy because they should have won that game easily. Joe Madden, who I've been praising all series and saying, look, he has a terrible bullpen. He has to go to Aroldis Chapman. He did whatever he could to make Cubs fans miserable last night. Kyle Hendricks, 63 pitches, practically flawless, gave up one run. Uh, He had two outs in the fifth inning, gets pulled after one walk. Joe Madden does what he says he isn't going to do. He brings in John Lester with a runner on. John Lester doesn't pitch well with runners on base. He He can't throw the ball to first base, whether he's throwing a pickoff or... Uh, just fielding a bunt or something. In fact, the Cubs bunted on Lester and he couldn't go for it. So David Ross, the catcher, who they also had to bring in the game because he's the only catcher that catches Lester, he made an error throwing to first. Uh, And then he made another bad play later on a wild pitch from Lester. He slipped and fell over. Now, I'm very happy for David Ross. Uh, He bounced back with a home run of his own. But, you know, it was his last game, and a lot went wrong where Kyle Hendricks could have just probably pitched seven or eight innings, and, you know, maybe he would have given up a run or two. But, you know, we knew going in, Madden told us his strategy. He had two relief pitchers. He had John Lester and Aroldis Chapman. Lester pitched two days before, or two games before, and then Chapman pitch nearly every game in the series, and he's coming off of a 20-pitch night in game six. So, he does what Madden does what he says he's not going to do. He brings in Lester with the runner on. Hendricks could have gone at least another couple of innings. Uh, Indians get back into the game. And then they bring in Chapman with base runners on again. Another thing Joe Madden says he's not supposed to do. Because Chapman doesn't respond well when there's base runners on. You want to bring him in in a clean inning. And then, obviously, we know what happens. Raja Davis hits a, hits a homer off Chapman. Indians tie the game. I'm screaming. I can't believe this is happening. You know, I'm just rooting for drama. Honestly, I wanted the Indians to win because uh, there are... I don't know what else there is to root for in baseball other than the Cubs winning the World Series. Red Sox won it. Cubs won it. I don't know what else there is to root for. Uh, Maybe the Indians, but people aren't as emotionally invested in that. And, you know, it's going to be another... Tampa Bay Rays are still a very young organization, so it's still going to be another, what, 80 years before they... or 
85 years before they catch the Cubs and you know they're not going to win a World Series in that time but you know it's going to take a long time for us to develop that emotional relationship with the Tampa Bay Rays who will inevitably be awful for decades but uh, <laughs> and that you know I love Joe Madden he's a great manager and he almost screwed up the game many times he brought the Tampa Bay Rays to the World Series that shows you just how good of a manager he actually is but clearly the lack of rest caught up to Aroldis Chapman, which, you know, there's videos. You'll see in my podcast yesterday and the day before I said, you know, you have to pitch Chapman. But you didn't even need to rely on Lester. Or you could have relied on Lester for one inning or two innings or brought him in in a clean inning. Same thing with Chapman. Had Hendricks gone seven or eight innings, which it looked like he could have. Again, 63 pitches. Gives up a walk with two outs in the fifth inning. At the very least, they should have let Hendricks get out of that jam and then brought Lester in the following inning. So anyways, Davis hits the home run, tie game. I just assume the Cubs are going to blow the game. Cleveland's bullpen is deep, and there's just no way. And then there was a rain delay. The Cubs, I was saying, maybe they should bring in Jake Arrieta because they don't trust their bullpen. They didn't do that. They went with the bullpen after Chapman blew the game. And then, luckily, they didn't have to go very deep. Because after this rain delay, and I really wish there were cameras in the weight room. Because apparently, you know, after blowing the lead, the Cubs players went to the weight room. They had this little group talk led by Jason Hayward. And then they came out and immediately went to work on Cleveland. Ben Zobris hits an RBI double to take the lead. And then the Cubs get another run. And then, the bottom of the 10th inning, Cleveland almost comes back again. But it worked out for the Cubs. They should have wrapped the game up in the 5th inning. They should have wrapped it up in the 8th inning. But they eventually wrapped it up in the 10th inning. Joe, Ma Joe Madden at <laughs> probably wouldn't have lost his job. You know, he's arguably the best manager in baseball. He's certainly the most aggressive manager in baseball. And he got lucky because after making a lot of risks through the first six games of the series and having it work out, it didn't work out many times. And he brought Lester in in a bad situation, didn't work out. Brought Chapman in in a bad situation, didn't work out. Indians have a bullpen. You expect them to win, especially coming at home. It just had that taste. It had that taste of 2003 when... As a Red Sox fan, Grady Little left Pedro in the, in, in the game, and then the Yankees tied in eventually won it in extra innings. I thought that was going to happen to the Cubs, except in Game 7 of the World Series, because the heartbreak's just a little bit worse for the Cubs. Just a little bit worse. Red Sox had Buck, Buckner, but the curse only lasted for 86 years. This lasted 108 years, and they made sure Cubs fans would be tortured in, during the final, final minutes, the final hours of that 108 year drought but the Cubs finally did it it's great to see I just don't know what to root for in baseball anymore uh, you know people are still going to go to baseball games they're still going to make money but people aren't watching games as much as they used to and it, it was nice for once you know most of the country was watching this game last night it was nice to see baseball in the limelight again unfortunately now that the Cubs have won it may never happen 
ever again. As I said at the beginning, today is all about the Chicago Cubs. I think it would be rude for me to talk about the NBA and certainly Dak Prescott and Tony Romo can wait another day. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about Theo Epstein who ended the curse in Boston and now he's ended the curse in Chicago. Uh, you know, few organizations would have trusted Theo Epstein to come in uh, and implement that five-year plan which ultimately led them to the World Series. I don't know if Epstein said, look, I need five years to come in and fix this organization, but that's what it took. He probably thought it would take longer. Uh, because when general managers are brought in organizations, uh, no, Epstein's not the general manager, it's actually uh, Jed Hoyer, he's the president of the Cubs, but we all know they're kind of a tandem. Uh, but when general managers are brought in, uh, they're usually brought in so they can strengthen one or two parts of a team. You know, we already have a great offense, but we need a better bullpen, we need better pitching. And it's usually adding a GM is to build upon something that was already there. Or, you know, a team implodes and you have to build from scratch, but you still have to work with the parts that are within that team. When Theo Epstein went to the Boston Red Sox, I think he was 28, 29, and they hired him as general manager, they already had a lot in place. Uh, you know, David Ortiz was well established within that organization. Manny Ramirez, Trot Nixon, they still had Pedro, Derek Lowe. Uh, Epstein made a number of moves. He brought in Kurt Schilling. Uh, who, who else was added? Pokey Reese, Mark Bellhorn. But, you know, they still had Veritech. They still had a lot of players out there that were already on the team in 2001, 2002. But Epstein was a good enough GM that he was able to turn it around. They made it. To Game 7, the ALCS in 03, and of course, won it in 04. But the Red Sox wouldn't have accepted Epstein coming in and saying, look, this team's probably going to suck for a little while, but you have to trust the process, and we will win the World Series, I guarantee it. You know, the Red Sox, perhaps fans would, be, would have been more patient because... They hadn't won the World Series in a long time at the time, but it's a much more demanding media market. Cubs fans had already gone through a lot. And, you know, I, I don't blame Epstein for going to Chicago now because Theo wanted a chance to start from scratch, which, you know, he built, he built something great in Boston, but, you know, he won the World Series in 04 and he won it in 07, but he missed the playoffs a lot of the years in between. He's built an organization now that's probably going to make the postseason every year for the next, what, five, six seasons? Maybe that's generous, but it's a young team, and he built it from scratch, and he wanted that opportunity. And, you know, Red Sox ownership, they, they wanted to make too many big moves. And it's, it's kind of hard to rebuild a team after so much success. Uh, obviously, they, you know, Red Sox have done a good job at rebuilding much of that team. But Theo had the chance to go into Chicago, blow up the organization, and draft amazing prospects, trade for prospects, picking up players like Anthony Rizzo, who was drafted by Epstein and Hoyer in Boston. Epstein brought in these players with the outlook that, hey, three, four years from now, they're going to be great, and then eventually we're probably going to win the World Series. This was a truly dominant team, 103 wins in the regular season. None of Epstein's Red Sox teams were like that. 
And, you know, the only flaw in the Chicago Cubs team is the bullpen. A huge flaw, obviously, but, you know, teams are able to win in sports with huge flaws. The Denver Broncos won the Super Bowl last year with a weak offense. But Chicago's lineup... You saw what they did in the 10th inning yesterday. They're resilient. They're able to bounce back. That was all built by Theo Epstein within five years. Management's, management changes cultures. And unlike in Boston, Theo had time to build the foundation that can stay consistent and make the postseason for years to come. And what he's developed. I don't know what the future looks like for Theo. I would assume he's going to stay in Chicago for a long time. Maybe he'll be commissioner. Maybe he'll go into tech. Who knows? He's a smart guy. But Epstein was able to go into Chicago, change the management culture. No no one manager, no one player can change the culture of an organization. But general management a great president at the top can change a baseball organization. That's how Major League Baseball works. And Epstein has showed that he, maybe, maybe he isn't the smartest general manager, but he applied smart concepts. You know, it's not the people that invent new concepts. Theo Epstein didn't invent Moneyball. Billy Bean still is searching for that World Series. Of course, he didn't invent Moneyball, but he's the first one to really fully implement it. But Theo Epstein built upon those ideas. Theo Epstein basically implemented a Moneyball system in two organizations that actually had money. And it was smart. He knew what he was doing. And like I said, it's not the people that come up with these new concepts. It isn't the people that came up with sabermetrics that succeed in professional sports. It's the people that apply what they've learned from other people that have come up with sabermetrics. Theo Epstein's a hard worker, and he studied law while he was an intern with the San Diego Padres. That's how he was able to rise up through the organization, because he was simply understood things the rest of general management didn't. That helped him get hired in Boston, and then he saw an opening to build an organization from scratch, which he did in Chicago. And because of his success in Boston, he earned his reputations, reputation, and the Cubs had no problem going to Epstein and saying, look, take all the time you need and build us a winner. So that's it today. Congratulations to the Chicago Cubs. I just hope baseball is able to bounce back from this because I don't know if they'll ever reach this peak again until the Tampa Bay Rays win after a 110-year drought, of course. Uh, great basketball on tonight. Uh, Boston Celtics are playing the Cleveland Cavaliers and Russell Westbrook going up against Kevin Durant on the road in Golden State. Uh, be sure to watch that. Uh, I'll be back next week. Goodbye.